Welcome to the Crit Crew. We are talking about Inside. It is the prequel to Portal. It is all about how Gladys was created. You got your secret labs. If you if you dig deep into the code, you can. It's right all on. there. You're, right it's, on, it's, dude. Por- preach. It's Portal zero point five. Holy shit! Preach. Mm-hmm. You play as Shell's dad. Uh-huh. Um, and if you look very closely at Shell's texture and Portal, you will notice that she's full of arms. So that's confirmed. But I mean, you look. You've heard you look first, really. Crew. You look really close to the hive mind. You see a lot of rat tails. You see a lot, a lot of, rat of rat tails. tails. And you want, you wonder yourself, tails. is that the right man? I... Wait, Rayman? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> uh, welcome to the crit crew. <laughs> I, for some reason, thought that you were going to say that, Kayla, I thought you were going to say that David looks legit sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, you, are you okay, man? You're going to be okay. I was, having, I was having a real Pepe Sylvia moment. <laughs> um so yeah we're talking about inside we are wrapping up um caleb's month which is this is taking a long time can i say can i say it's been like like a month and a half close to two months and i've savored none of it i just want to say at the top i'm talking kind of quietly because i don't want to wake people up so sorry if i'm a little muffled but i can always pump my voice and at this point i would to, like go into audition and add some post effects <laughs> to when I say pump and like really boost it and it'll be funny. We sound like we're you have a very deep. You have a very deep voice. This yeah, morning. we sound like I we're on an NPR night, show so that has right something. now, guys. What, what we sound that? like we're on an NPR what? show. Hey, Who's this is uh, this is fresh takes with Max, Caleb, and David. I just did fresh air, but with takes, that wasn't a good joke. <laughs> All right, fresh so. prince is upon us. Way off topic. <laughs> So, Caleb, we're doing spiritual successors inside. We are. Um, Limbo began. Well, your month in a little. Here's bit. the thing. Rain it in. I feel like it's been a very successful month. Um, very <laughs> successful. <laughs> ratings asshole. are off the chart. Um, I, I honestly, I'm going to reiterate what the theme of my month is because we've taken two, two and a half weeks between episodes. Um, so for for those who <laughs> are this one, who are listening at the. For the list, for the listener, that is literally just three episodes in three, a row, though. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I've, I've tried to pick games that you know, in this case, have been from the same developers who are sort of focusing on um, the genre or experience that they've created um, with their first game, and sort of have iterated on it um, and sort of seen how it's carried the torch from game to game. Um, we looked at everyone's gone to the Rapture and the Last Guardian. Uh, before this, so we're going to look at Play Dead's Inside today, uh, the makers of Limbo, mm-hmm. um, which your remember successor, hit Limbo episode. Yeah, or hit Limbo. Spiritual successor about games where boys get boys hurt. Get hurt. Yeah, boys get hurt. Boys get dismembered in boys, horrible ways. This month has very much been boys in pain. Oh. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, that's Guardian. Wow. <laughs> no joke, there was a kid yesterday who, uh, we were at King's Island, sorry, this is a he was wearing a uh, Last Guardian shirt, and from the corner of my oh, eye, nice. I saw it, and I almost cried. <laughs> I almost started you crying. You said that you pushed him over, because apparently your month is about hurting little boys. <laughs> and then he walked up and said, have you heard of the Crit Crew? <laughs> I was like, just continuing with the theme of this month, push. Hey, little kid, I got a podcast for you. <laughs> and you flip a flash drive at him. <laughs> with hot MP3 right, files. so... 
So this Before is... Before we um, move on real quick, the energy is weird because I'm talking quiet. We're all tired. It is 4 a.m. where Max is and he hasn't slept. Uh-huh. So let's do this. Caleb, can you I'm give... Like, I, feel like, I feel like I'm like in perfect energy state. You guys... That me. means you're that you're probably you, you falling apart like, on like, the outside. You seem like you're partially dead, David. <laughs> um, I think you were the so least like, woke of us all. <laughs> no that laugh is proof that max is not as together as he thinks <laughs> all right let me describe inside for you fine folks um much like limbo uh you begin the game um as a nameless and in this uh, particular game a faceless boy um, who just sort of descends into a forest landscape and just walks right um, and it's quickly apparent that uh, you are being hunted by uh, men in uniform um, who, through various points, are rounding uh, pretty like lifeless uh, drone bodies into a van. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel it's... like for the most part, you, you can... sorry to interrupt. Oh, you're but fine. I feel like for the most part, you can sum the first. You can be a lot more abstract than this. No, I feel like you can sum up the first hour and a half of this game in a couple words, and then the last 15 minutes in, a, in just the most words. The most words, yeah. Yeah, by the way, there's a, we're going to be, there's some big spoilers here. Duh. We're going to, yeah, we're going to get duh. into it. Oh, yeah, um, there, So I think the, the major points in this game, you sort of, um, you kind of uncover the wreckage of the world outside of the facility, which is um, really crucial. Um, you'll find these pods kind of scattered throughout forest environments, um, which, you know, we can get into what that means. Um, you'll go into a pig farm uh, where you encounter a parasitic worm um, that sort of allows you to mind control uh, people uh, reminiscent of Limbo. Um, there are familiar things like that that sort of lead you into the facility which um you know is mixed with a bunch of puzzle solving elements um, a lot of um, submerged um parts of the facility that have been um taken over by these siren children um that try to pull you into the deep um and then sort of the the big turn is it, it all funnels you into this um it, it's really weird to describe the this final set uh, before you are melded with uh the blob it's, it's sort of a cross between like uh, a weird conference room with like mini conference rooms on the interior it's like, like it's like a, a research, research facility, a research facility yeah. with people in you're it. going into bizarro aperture science with infinite ceilings right it's just it's strange um this game is in a whole very surreal um and then you uh, everybody is sort of like falling over themselves to try to go to this um, weird bathysphere uh, aquarium little display um and then you look at it and um it's a giant blob composed of people that have melded together into this flesh boy um so then the um, correct me if i'm wrong um from that point on a siren equips you with uh, a device that it pulls you down uh, you, you, went, with a dev- you went way far back no. you just you just jumped an hour no, back. No, oh sorry happened, it's, no, it's been a while guys. way before that um, yeah, so then so, after- so at one point you're able to breathe underwater but then yeah you you find the blob and you become one with the blob. You become one with the blob, essentially. And the last act of the game is essentially escaping the research facility, uh, wreaking havoc as as the blob. The Uh, the mechanics are completely switched up uh, in this case. Mm -hmm. Um, As the boy, you're very fragile. And 
weird. It, very strange. Um, the way you're manipulating objects. A lot of... A lot of, um, a lot of momentum base. There's a totally... Go ahead. There's like a totally different sense of um, how like your physics yes. work. That's the thing that totally threw me off. I was like, this thing's physics. There, there's a great momentum to the movement, uh, which you don't... I mean, you kind of... You've always gotten from Playdead's games, uh, Back to Limbo, but there is... You feel the weight of this thing, especially when you're just careening through um, objects, walls. Um, it gets it's quick. very quick. Um, <laughs> there was a really great moment where I was just sort of like taken aback by like, wow, the physics of this thing moves exactly like what I would expect it to. And then I was just like, wait a second. How how would I expect a giant blob <laughs> it's a, of Yeah, it's to a move? flesh boy. What would you expect? <laughs> there's no it's like, not, it's not like it's not just that it's rolling because it also walks a lot and like crawls uh-huh. on things. It's, it's like very, when you like try to like very it's unsettling. Great. It's so great. When there's like a box on the ground, like the top half of you sort of like falls over and drags itself, yeah. while like the back half like picks itself up and becomes the top half. Mm-hmm. Like it is like mm-hmm. falling over itself because it's all legs and can do nothing but that. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, there's always a weird moment where it's like teetering on the halfway and the legs are off the ground and they're just kind of flailing yeah. and the yeah, arms yeah, yeah, are just kind of oh, pulling so it. Good. Mm-hmm. The the attention to detail so is this all fantastic. So through a lot of instances, at one point, um, it's really strange. There's um, like a central um, stage with a dangling um, little uh, propeller cube, and there's like an audience behind you, um, like they're sort of anticipating your arrival and sort of like are encouraging it um and they trap you um that's during your escape from so it's evident that some people in the facility are more aware of what is going on than others um which is a point we can talk about later Mm -hmm. but eventually you know you bust out and kind of rear to the finish which is essentially you crashing through this wooden wall tumbling into this cliffside um with trees and you sort of just roll out into a sandy seascape um sandy shore and just sort of lay there and that's the end of inside roll credits um, to note there is an alternate ending uh, if you collect throughout the game there is just one form of a collectible um there's like this orb with lights sort of on on the side and you can pull it um and if you collect all four i think it's 14 orbs um there's... it doesn't matter there's, there is an underground bunker, um, essentially, in the um, field towards the beginning of the game, uh, cornfield. Um, you descend into the bunker, um, play a little rhythm on the control panel, walk into this abandoned facility. Uh, it's like a little tornado shelter. And you open up one of the vents, pull at the um, power cord, and it just shuts everything down. Um, and the boy kind of well, it shuts you down. Yeah, exactly. Like you, it yeah, you, you stand. It yeah. shuts everything down. Um, you, you kind of stand up and then just like slump over. Um, and that's which is interesting because that's the secret ending, and that's exactly how I expected the main ending to go. Yeah, but because you notice that there was like a something mind controlling the boy, right? Like you caught that in the background. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So like, it's, yeah. what's implied is that this boy that you have been playing as throughout the game, there are these sections where you get like little mind control helmets, and you can control these little faceless drones in the background. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like, so that ending implies that this boy was controlled by something else this entire time. Yeah. So, so which is how I expect it. Like, that's where I expected all of this to go, but I, I which could be interpreted a lot of different. So like we, we can go in a route of dissecting um, some of the, the visual narrative. I I think the, what I want this episode to sort of focus on uh, limbo was definitely 
you know, it, it had to rely on conveying a, a visual narrative uh, just with its art style. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so striking, but not a lot of room for detail with its silhouette. In Inside, like, immediately when you start that game, you're struck by, I mean, you're just, you're playing on a two-dimensional field, but they're like shadow box focus on things happening in the background and foreground. Um, there's mm-hmm. so much room to add, like, texture to the narrative, because um, you're constantly, like, wondering, all right, what is actually interacting with me as the player? Like, uh, I remember an instance towards the beginning where there's a car in the distance shining a flashlight, mm-hmm. and it's clear, like, where its focus is on the boy, but you have to jump down and, like, kind of scurry into, like, this little cliff to avoid... Holy but it's yeah. it's just, like, the way that they play with perspective on a 2D scale, like, just adds... Di- did you guys feel like that perspective added a lot to the story? Mm-hmm. Oh. There were, they, they they did that a lot. It was, it, um, it was were, super successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of really nice moments that happened. I, I think the big one for me are the moments in the facility where there is, like, people doing things in the mm-hmm. background. There's one point when there's, like, guards in the background that uh, if they see you while you're pushing a block, come after you. Um one little detail, and this isn't really something that like is an expand upon detail, but something I just kind of want to bring up. Um, in the similar fashion to Limbo, we're talking about the story and like sussing things out. There's no dialogue. Nope. There's no there's no spelled out story. No one interacts with you in a way that really tells you anything. This really is a like strictly visual experience. There are some grunts and the blob moans. Well, the yeah mm-hmm. no the blob is a sound effect <laughs> um, um yeah this is this literally this this game all of its successes just come down come down to really good visuals and really good mm-hmm. gameplay i mean the the visual like it it is amazing like so limbo was just strictly 2d and then they would have like some really interesting parallax effects in the background that gave a sense of depth but here, it's mm. not even always 2D in the sense that, like, sometimes the camera will tilt mm. a little bit so you can see what's, like, coming mm-hmm. in front of you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it just, it is very dynamic. And and the way it ends up, like, working is that, so you can see very far into the background. And you're just a small boy very close in the foreground. And it creates this, like, really huge sense of scale mm-hmm. where you are just so small in this incredibly impressive environment. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it also has a nice detail of, like Limbo, a very limited color palette. Yeah. Um, it's really, like, gray and black. Mm-hmm. And the and, boy is wearing a red and, shirt. And the boy is wearing a red shirt, which is always a really smart. So, like, you, you have all these really dark environments with a very mm-hmm. bright. Well, he's not bright, but he's colorful. Right. In comparison. Nothing. And then buttons, which yeah. glow, because buttons need to glow yeah. in games. Because <laughs> that, that's, that's how you cue people in. Yeah, that's how you. Uh, this, this totally follows the like, um, the uh, the Half Life tradition of if you want someone to go to something, shine a light on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Like, can we talk about the lighting? Because that's probably what struck me more than anything in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of um, course, I, I kind of I kind of made that comment as a transition. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, it's interesting that like everything is unsafe. Like mm-hmm. it is, you feel a little like. Well, in a way, it's flipped because like <clears throat> darkness is where. You are typically, you know, at your safest because no one can yeah. see you. You're hiding, and then anytime mm-hmm. there's a light, most of the time it is. If you go into this light, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. 
Which is a which, yeah. I mean, every note, that like the get. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, the tone of the game is set so early on. Like the first time I got caught by a light. Like, you know, with Limbo, it would be kind of, like, gruesome. Like, a spider might tear you to pieces, but it's all black. Like, I got caught in a light, and I was shot. Like, mm-hmm. a little boy was just shot by these two people. Mm-hmm. It, like, it... Man. It's brutal. Um, now, what were you going to say, Caleb? Well, I, I think it even comes down to some of the machines that you encounter as well. Um, like, the giant Rod the Robot mm-hmm. machines. Um, yeah. If you're caught in the light, you're completely eviscerated. Um, there's, there's this insistence of uh, as the player and even down to the sirens uh, when you're in your little um, orb that's sort of floating into um, the, the water. Sphere, yeah, yeah it, it's yeah, again, idea. things are, are more susceptible um, to the light. Um, and I, I think it's an effective choice. Um, you know, you guys touch upon light leading the player into a direction and, and knowing where to go. Um, there's, I don't know if you guys have, have looked at the, like, similarities of, all right, the blob ends up at this final, uh, shore with a direct light on it, um, but <laughs> when early on in that facility, you see this, uh, container with a diorama of that exact same location with a very intentionally placed light. <laughs> light. I way. did not notice yeah. that. In a, in a very Westworld-like fashion. Really? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, I, I that's how I that. felt. Um, but it's I, I feel like light is meant to paralyze and debilitate in this world because um, like that's the final resting place of the blob. Um, it's you, you're mm-hmm. not able to move after that, um, which is where I bring up an interesting feeling with that that baited trap because you end up. I picked up on that that like similarity between those two on a second replay. Um, I wonder where that falls in the thematic spectrum where you hit that point where you roll into that light when you are welcomed by a crowd of people, making me yeah. assume that everybody had already sort of planned well, on you escaping for this grand So finale. there's like three... Um, Go ahead, David. I would disagree. I would just disagree that it's planned. Remember that you... You squish the CEO in a giant puddle of blood. I don't think anyone oh, would plan really that. The CEO? I I don't know. I, I would assume know. there's there's a... there's a there's a connective thread of theories out there that assumes that the intention of the facility is to um, gather sort of like the last um, intellectuals uh, out there. I mean, uh, you, you can really view this world as being completely barren of people outside of the facility i mean they're straight up growing people in tanks um to do manual labor for them um Mm. but the 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 hive mind is essentially drawing people in and melding them you know into themselves to sort of expand their their growth um and it's widely accepted that this whole like bust out of the facility um, careen through the through all these environments and then ultimately stumble onto the shore is sort of the cycle of like we just have to see how strong this thing is getting um, and then we have to bring it back into captivity and repeat the process all over again um, that's sort of like what the conspiracy theory is of there are people who are gathered um, for that reason because they've seen the spectacle before um, and they're they're 
people towards the end who are more willing to help you out. Um, I thought it was a lot of it could have been fear of, okay, I need to help this blob out or else it's going to smoosh me. Um, but it could also be interpreted as we just need to let this thing go through because we have to play our part much as the boy plays his part in this uh, experience. I mean, there there are, are a whole lot there of ways. Lot of theories. There are a whole right. lot of ways you can there interpret are... the story, and we can get mm. into it. But I feel like when we're talking about critiquing a game, we shouldn't get too hard into yes. But what does it mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like but that's that's important. Will... But there are a sure. lot of other things that we'll miss if we focus on that. Yes. Yes. It, we can spend a long time talking about this. I will note though that the fact that this conversation can be mm-hmm. had. And I don't feel as though Limbo's conversation was quite as in-depth in that, I think is a, a worthy praise mm-hmm. in that part of this game's success is this lasting conceptual unsolved mm-hmm. notion to the entirety of it, um, which is really awesome. And from a standpoint of spiritual successor, it's like this, like, you know what? Limbo didn't need to have the whole car accident aspect. Mm-hmm. We could just make it way weirder. Right. <laughs> We can stick a bunch of limbs to this game. (laughs) I mean, this is this is this is a game where the title can become something that becomes part of interpretation. Even like I've never seen a game where the titling of it I felt was more important. Well, I felt Um, like the it's weird. The the title was very much a punctuation of the experience you had. Um, Like Mm -hmm. it is the you've gone through this entirety of this journey, and then you're just hit with that title and it sort of like makes you reframe what you've been through. Um, I mean, you could take it as a literal interpretation of you've gone inside the like depths of humanity and, and what uh, inevitably has happened to this world. Um, you can take it in so many different directions. Um, it's a game where you are li- literally getting inside of other things' heads. Right while other things are being mind-controlled so that you can fuse with a blob entity and then the game can conceptually fuck with your own head and get in there, mm-hmm. too. It's really just everything is burrowing into something yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, go ahead. I, I, okay, so, but we just all made noises that express that we all have different things that we want to jump into. <laughs> Who made the loudest? There's a lot of content. I think Max stuttered first, so... But... David, I will let you have the floor. Okay, I'll take it. I feel, um, like me and Caleb, I feel like me and Caleb were just talking a bunch. I'm great. So the, something <laughs> that I was worried about when this game first started is that the actual gameplay can be very limited. A lot of this game is just spent mm-hmm. walking to the right and watching, like, observing. Mm-hmm. But something that was very interesting is that they keep it, like, you know, a lot of these puzzles resolve around don't let something kill you. And they crafted the environment to amp up the tension as much as possible mm-hmm. like so let me give you an example like there's this one point where this this part was nuts there's like this giant flash in the background and then this giant shock wave comes by mm-hmm. and if you're out in the open this just li- it obliterates you you just separate into a bunch yeah. of pieces so there's these different walls that you have to like hide behind mm-hmm. and you, if you look ahead there's a switch that you presume if you flip it the wall will flip up and you'll be safe mm-hmm. and they could have just done that but they have it so if you start running at the right time, you will flip it ju- like you will yeah. just yep. barely survive. And like that—that that is mm-hmm. a good way of even though your gameplay is limited, it still keeps you involved and makes you feel stressed just because of how intentionally this was crafted. And I and appreciated it, the hell out of that. 
and nine times out of ten, after that tense moment, you are followed up with another tense moment immediately. Mm-hmm. They pace it out really nicely. Mm-hmm. And it- I think one of the really impressive things is that you would think that with some of this, like, abstract obscurity behind things, and, and but also the immediate fa- the immediate fatality of everything, there, there aren't hit points. If you are caught or you're hit by something, you are instantly dead. Mm-hmm. Nine- yeah, you can't you can't take it. And um, also, it's you would. It's important, like oh. how graphic these death scenes are. I mean, Limbo was notorious. Limbo had that too. Limbo for sure. But I think there's something to be said about it's seeing different. a 3D polygonal boy, boy. completely <laughs> murdered yeah. in some tragic ways. Um, what I was going to say though, um, where I want to really give this some praise over Limbo. Limbo, I died a lot more than I did inside. Mm-hmm. Inside, from a design standpoint, you can be faced with a puzzle that could kill you, and you can get it right on the first try simply because of how well established the aesthetic space mm-hmm. is and how well the game plays. I mean, there were a lot of situations where I was playing and I was literally kind of thinking to myself, I have no idea what I'm mm-hmm. doing. These are visible threats around me, and somehow I have not died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is not a straightforward game. I mean, this is a game that yeah. when you die, you die hard. Yeah. But like, it's designed well. It feels really good. It's really kind of one of the most fluid what, puzzle solvers I've. One of like now. the clearest Nothing. examples of that. Um, I remember the scene where they're shuffling in uh, the drones into the facility, um, and you know, families have brought their kids out to sort of witness um, how a droid uh, is sort of like. Uh, <laughs> processed before it goes to work um and you're basically thrown into this assembly line and there are key areas that are marked out by um, a square where the droids in unison will perform a task whether that's uh looking back and forth or like jumping um on cue and it's like you're watching this happen before you and they're they're giving you like just enough time to register, okay, this is the command that I have to do mm-hmm. in order to fool everybody into believing I'm just a droid. Um, and it it doesn't linger for very long. After that, like, it's a pretty, like, breakneck pace running away from a dog. Um, but in those, like, couple areas, you get a pretty self-contained puzzle that feels super tense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that, and I also love that that that's followed up by one of my favorite moments of oh my god, how is this working and how am I not dead? Yeah. <laughs> Which is when there's that pack of dogs and you have to jump back yep. and forth over yep. the fence. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is right. this answered? <laughs> my brain just like, this is all I have. I have to do this, and it works. I mean, that I think a lot of these conversations of games that have you know artistic aesthetic feels to them. A lot of times you have situations where something looks really good and has a very like artistic design to it and has this sort of open-ended visual approach mm-hmm. but doesn't play as well. It's really hard to get a good balance. I think that Inside got a phenomenal balance. Mm-hmm. This game is still very much a video game and there's a lot of different like you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I do, there are games Inside is definitely a video game. <laughs> Put that on the box. There are, there are some artsy games that have very little game yeah. to them. Inside has a lot of game. There oh, are levels. I you mean everybody's got another simply... <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
there are there are moments that i legitimately like that the the finale the ending segment of inside i legitimately want to play just so i can see how Mm -hmm. bizarre the physics really is and start messing around Mm -hmm. with that (laughs) yeah that uh that's one that's also one of those moments where i wish i had like a camera on me to see like how high my eyebrows went up when that happened and how long they stayed there dude i was totally floored and so happy i got sold on that like i was liking inside i was like this is a really good game i see why killer want to talk about it and then that happened and i was like oh well, that, that's another thing this like just got real they're also very good at playing with your expectations so like this whole setup is good like there's like humming music as you're trying to enter this like containment sphere with the blob and as soon as you get sucked in it goes silent Mm-hmm. and it, there's just like this weird massive lens with four like wires connected to it so mm-hmm. you swim up and you like pull one wire and then you pull another and then you notice like the limbs are sort of reaching up to you and then you pull the third one and when you're going to pull the fourth all of a sudden like the limbs all like come out and pull you in and you are the blob now so like you mm-hmm. would expect like oh i'm gonna pull four and something happens but it's like nope <laughs> yeah welcome to the blob Mm-hmm. The blob. And, you, and, and then you just are your your boy never returns your boy is the blob forever mm-hmm. i mean that's just your reality yeah do you think um, if he was able to keep his clothes on that man that's gonna sound weird to people. <laughs> so what happens when you get like when you get sucked oh, into wow. this fear like your clothes go flying off we're gonna have so, to like, fucking flag this one we're gonna have to flag this episode <laughs> <laughs> for naked for naked yes. boys yeah so like what if what did that have made him unsuitable for the blob if he kept his clothes? No. <laughs> Shut up. That's like so that's this is my fan the theory. Wrong that clothes fan are theory. <laughs> clothes are the blob. That's the reason. Um Or do you think it'd be um, like Kirby, so when the blob sucks him in, the blob is wearing a little red shirt? <laughs> I like yeah, it's that. Oh it's God, that for I love sure. That. With a little cute hat on. Um, um, yep. um a little cute hat. Yeah, I I just it's it's amazing to me um, how invested you become in this experience, and the la- I mean, it's very it could have been very easy for them to um, have a gimmick um, ending where that sort of shift happens and they don't really play with it or, or do the game a, a sort of a disservice, but the the game is able to adapt. Because I think the narrative, even though there is nothing spoken, is very focused. And it knows what it wants to be. Um, so it feels like a very earned shift in perspective. Um, because everything up until that point really has sort of led you to this this thing. Um, which, you know, if we compare it to Limbo, Limbo's ending, I remember us saying it wasn't as successful as we necessarily wanted it to be because it, it it interrupts you and it's yeah so it's sort of the end the, thing the and then you're, you're done the difference i think and i'm realizing this is kind of one of maybe my favorite things about inside there isn't a so limbo you you get interrupted while you finish a puzzle mm-hmm. and then there's like a, uh, a little cutscene. Uh, inside you play the mm-hmm. ending i mean the ending of inside is you get sucked into the blob and the blob breaks out of the facility there isn't more to it than that but it's not an ending you watch it's an ending that you participate mm-hmm. in i'm one with the blob and the blob is with me i'm one with the blob and the blob is with me <laughs> it's what they were chanting actually <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's like 
and that and that's cool like i want to see more of that i want to see a game where there's no cutscenes at all and you just play the entirety including like the ending cutscene is something that you have to play mm-hmm. i mean there are there are a lot of games that don't have cutscenes max you know that right yeah i yeah i know that <laughs> bayonetta was a, a giant uh cutscene that you're playing <laughs> towards the end there Bay- yeah bayonetta is entirely a cutscene <laughs> that you play um God, I hate quick time but, events. But you're right, um, though. I mean, uh, it's you have you have this sort of you have more of an investment um, when you have agency over that final act. Um, you you don't feel like you're being mm-hmm. robbed of a moment. Um, it feels like it's really rounding out what you've really played through up until this point. So um, that's an what's, that's an iteration that they improved on for sure. What's sort of amazing is that, like, there are a few moments in Limbo that I could tell you about now. It's also been a while since I played it. Mm-hmm. But it all just sort of blends yeah. together. And here, like, I am trying to think of things I want to say. And I'm, re- like, realizing there are so many moments that I loved in this game that I'm not going to be able to talk about. Because we have to talk about other things. But, like, there was just so much that happened that was really well done. It changes a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gameplay is very fresh from level to level because they sometimes just throw entirely new components. Yeah, and if, mm-hmm. if something... Like jump scares. <laughs> like it, when you when you yeah. first run into the sirens, I jumped out of my skin. They're, they're also, like, I think the we need to, like, we've touched on the animation being just incredible, but there's, you know, you have very Smooth low... as butter. You have, you have like, very butter. low uh, poly models with no detailing in the face but there's just something about the kinetics of their movement that is like familiar but incredibly creepy like every particular enemy that you encounter in this game has their own movement like their own specific movement that you know from the sirens to the drones individually to the drones in masses everybody has their own established movement um and it's just incredible how they're able to pull that off with really like not detailed um, character models, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I know. Like I'm, j- I'm just thinking like how a drone moves in contrast to how one of the security yeah. guards move. I mean, you can just based on how they move around a room, you know if something is an enemy yeah. or not. Um, that's kind of amazing. We are hitting um, the point where we should move into wrap-up territory. Is there any other than <laughs> how this ties into spiritual successors? Is there any one last yes, conversation I, we want to? I dig do into? have something I want to bring okay. up in terms of, especially, and it does relate to the idea of a spiritual successor too, um, which is where I want to bring up the um, really, really kind of where they learned, I guess, because you were just talking about the the low poly models, Caleb. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to add was like that that low poly model thing works because they did a strictly black and white game beforehand mm-hmm. that had so much just strict light value to it. Um, because yeah, like mood is enormous in this game, and the low poly stuff wouldn't work if the game didn't have such a like controlled palette with such good color. It's just a perfect balance of the three ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I normally ask myself, and I've said this plenty of times on the podcast, is like, okay, what is this game trying to say? And clearly, I am. We are not entirely sure what like the story all means, mm-hmm. and that's des- like that's intentional. Like the fact that you're walking away with an unclear picture is designed. But um, so I asked myself instead, what is this game trying to make me feel? And 
like all, pretty much every element was just meant to make me feel like isolation, dread, and anxiety, and all of those were working at mo like they were all pretty successful at getting me to feel that like you know like I said the scale of the environment, the creepiness of the lighting, the timing, the way they would compose from like every now and then you would like go through a door and it would be like the screen almost fades to black as you're crossing through the quote unquote wall mm -hmm. like as that crosses your screen and like the way it's composed as you're taking in this new scene was sometimes very good at making you for, like feel something it was just very interesting successful. It, i'm actually going to and i think this is actually kind of an interesting uh, little uh i guess side tangent uh, I disagree with most of the emotional feelings you just described. Really? Um, but I, I I'm was just going to totally... stop my recording now. <laughs> no, no, no I, and I think this is actually maybe a, a really nice strength. This is part of a why it's nice to have a game that has a more abstract kind of feel to it. I found the game very beautiful, and I was fascinated throughout mm -hmm. it. I did not have this sense of anxiety. I mean, it definitely, like, I didn't, I didn't feel overly anxious. I mean, yes, there was definitely the, like the the threat of being caught mm -hmm. but most of the time i felt like i felt pretty early in that i trusted play dead's game enough that i was like okay if there's a threat i'll be able to right. figure this out because i've been able to manage yeah. so far and it just it just really turned into a like really fascinating experience which was kind of, it kind of just became like as i was playing i just kept asking myself the question of and what's more and what's more how much deeper does this mm -hmm. go where do we end up i mean yes there was a certain um, amount of like beauty to it and actually that beauty and that isolation go hand in hand but i remember specifically mm -hmm. there's one part where i'm like sure. leagues underwater and suddenly i realize that i'm pretty sure i'm in a parking garage mm -hmm. and it's just sort of like this is wrong this should not be as deep this should not be broken like mm -hmm. what happened yeah, I I found I did I found those moments so amazing. Like it, it there's just this game. There, this game. There, yeah, there, it's completely awe inspiring, <laughs> and I I think this might be, um, it it's gonna hold up so much better than Limbo. I I really I truly believe that. <laughs> you know that that almost yeah, we, didn't even need saying. Yeah. Like it's so it, like, yeah, obvious. It, when we when we when we get to like, we'll, when we get to like the like, are we are yeah we're, we're there, there the we're, we're there though. at the point of let's do it. Okay, yeah, I think that this is like. Uh, listeners, maybe... real quick, if you were uh, making a book that was called "The Art History of Video Games," uh, where we're inside, we're uh, inside. I'm contractually obligated to bring it up. I have to kill the flow, or else my lawyers are going to be on. Oh, go I'm ahead, sorry. go ahead, Max. Okay, you're gonna be, you're gonna be very happy to hear this, Caleb. I, I think that this is one of the single best game, well, single best games in recent years, hundred percent. But it, it, overall, in terms of this conversation of can video games be art, I think that this is a, a game that is totally a visual marvel. Um, and there's an, like there are, again, I always follow the rule of like, can I pause stills here? And would these be considered 2D visual art pieces? And yeah, yeah. there's a ton yeah. of bizarre stuff. This has the perfect balance of it is totally conceptually out there. Um it, this is again it plays really well so it's very much still a video game but it's also very much an art piece and a philosophical question that's being asked at the same time yeah. um, that can't be said about very many yeah. games it, so I agree number one spec ops number two inside <sighs> number three, three dark souls Arkham Asylum right <laughs> you know the funny 
the the funny thing is like i thought i was going to be the annoying person to be doing stuff like that and i'm nope. glad that caleb or the caleb that david yeah, took you that took favor. that yep he's <laughs> waving it furiously <laughs> you 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 bring up inside on on your own constantly but now i'm going to be on your side with that conversation yeah. <laughs> well i just i know that this is something that um is it's special like this is a very special thing um that calls into question agency um in a lot of ways and i it doesn't do it a disservice um where it's you know the bioshock effect of would you kindly um it's that's a good it's a good moment but i I think it's completely (laughs) waffled by the rest of bioshock (laughs) i mean it is um guys you know that part in star wars where vader says he's luke's father that's a that's a good one (laughs) i'm your daddy point you know what what i'm saying it's not it's not handled with you know in that instance they had a punchline ready but they didn't know how to effectively like add let that add context to the rest of the ending of that game here we can have this conversation okay, later, okay. but here I, I think it's it is important that you know this experience is colored by that turn um the the entire thing it once you figure out what is really happening you sort of you question everything you've been through and it successfully wraps up um that's I just think it's it's so strong in conveying agency and how much of a falsehood it can be um, with you know with this particular medium like video games are strong and different in that respect because you're playing something um, that can shift on a dime um, and you're sort of left kind of like scraping at the pieces and figuring out all right what's really going on so I, I think Inside is a really great is it- example of that. Player agency, the com- that's a whole side conversation we could have gotten into, but we didn't. Right. Right. <laughs> um, we didn't. I don't. I, as for me, I don't know if I would take my praise as far as Max, um, but I, it, like this yeah. game is good. Like it's it's very successful. It's good. Fuck it's you. good. He says it, no. It is good, but like when I talk about like the best artistic experience, my what I'm looking for is just different than what Max is looking for. So I would not. Mm-hmm describe it as such i'm looking for meat boys you get you get some meat boys in here i I I want some body horror i'm gonna make the same joke i made the other two weeks ago inside to a machine for boys anyway (laughs) (laughs) um but I, i i truly don't know like where in this book it would be if it's like surrealism or like puzzle like kind of indie games or puzzle games mm-hmm. like it's it's, it's everything games are boys it's it's in the chapter called games are Mu- boys much hurt. yeah ch- but much like the blob it's a meld of everything oh my god i i don't i also don't know like i i'd like to see how this has affected other games or where it could go and i truly don't know like what game will come next we're like oh yeah we were inspired by inside mm-hmm. But what I, I am still, I am very grateful that we have not lost, like, just seeing how much praise this got, like, we have not lost our appreciation for kind of surreal, abstract, mm-hmm. artsy games. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that there's still a market for it, yeah. and it's still going well, so I'm definitely playing also, whatever Play Dead's putting out next. Mm-hmm. I, was gonna, I was just going to say, you know what's interesting? On our Limbo episode, we talked about how Limbo is such a quintessential, like a game that is also an art piece mm-hmm. 
and like and, and, and we also said that like limbo is also this like super special one-of-a-kind game mm-hmm. like what is what is play doing so right drugs that they've made two games <laughs> that, are, that are like <laughs> drugs drugs <laughs> I think like the as long as they just keep making games, we're just gonna. I'm, I mean, I don't know. That, I hope that this isn't just like raising the bar too high, but like I, I hope that like we just keep getting more of these games that become like quintessential mm-hmm. art game abstract experiences that yeah. have. Yeah, I just hurt. I think like of this is you know a game I've really wanted to talk about since I played it, um, and have annoyed the shit out of you guys. Uh, I think for good reason. Um, uh, Someone go back and figure out the shows. earliest mention Inside Got in this podcast. It's probably like episode <laughs> four. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty, like pretty four, early which, on. D- which dates that at like two... Wait, wait, wait no. Two, <laughs> two, that long. Nope. Like, like a year. I don't even think we've been out for we, it, a year, Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah nope, year. Definitely not. Should be. I'm gonna, okay, we, you guys we keep talking. In my house during but, the summer, but, Caleb. you know, I created this theme for the month really as... Uh, a way to talk about inside it's a shining example of a studio understanding their strengths and knowing how to push it further um they Mm. weren't hampered by you know getting like too into their own um ideas and, and sort of like um inflating it to the point where it just didn't you know it felt like it was too self indulgent um, this is just a very streamlined vision of what they did with Limbo. Um, push to I, it. I actually insane don't degree. think. I, I don't. I think that that's not fair to uh, Inside or Limbo, um, or the studio. I, I think that this isn't. I don't think that this is too. Oh shit! We have been out any. for a year. I, Are you serious? We've been out guys. for a year. Yeah, I told you. Um, we'll, we'll do it. We'll talk about that afterwards. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I think that that's almost derivative because I think that the only shared element between this and Limbo is that it has a dark environment and the protagonist is a boy that gets horribly maimed repeatedly. I think that these games are like super in the head parents. I think right, there are a lot of similar. Well, right, I'm just saying the way it. that you, it's 5 a.m. The way that back. you're actually playing this is it's Limbo. I mean, it's Limbo. Like you're solving puzzles and walking to the right. And occasionally left. That's that's all I. If you distill it down to what Play Dead is known for, is a okay, two point yeah. five. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to throw more praise out, but it's <laughs> you're right. You can't just compare it to um, Limbo because it, it just it under it again. It's a it's a spiritual successor. It it does things differently. Um, it's an adaptation. Exactly. Of um, and I think it's a very perfect example of studio getting it right, getting it so fucking right the second time around. So um, that's rare. You know, that's a really rare thing. Mm. I agree. I agree with everything you said. I was not paying attention because I was busy trying to find when the hell we started doing this, and I cannot find an exact You're date. You're fucking I'll killing me right now. You're it killing later. me. Do it later. No, what if it's today? What if it's today? Oh wow! I'm sorry. That was that uh, was so rude. <laughs> thank thank you guys for listening um, and bearing with us through the fits and starts trying to get through Caleb's month. Um, if you want to send us anything, um, fan art of oh, I don't really want to get fan art of us as fan of fan art of the three of us melded into, into the shape boy. of one meatball Don't boy that's specifically what i was hoping to avoid is what was that's, weird about that 
That's specifically what I wanted. All right. I, I want got... a mathematical equation of a little drawing of me with a plus sign. David drawing plus sign. <laughs> Caleb equals ball of the three Just of like us so much together. beard. <laughs> so much beard. I'm, I'm, I'm all yucked out. <laughs> There's three discrete beards sticking out. <laughs> we can agree that Max's okay. beard would be the centerpiece for this blob. <laughs> Well, thanks for that. Uh, it looks um, like uh, it looks like April seventeenth was our first. It looks like it looks like we're off the rail right now. Yeah. So it looks <laughs> you're so... distracted. We're talking about Meat Boy Fusion. <laughs> All right. So if you want to do any of that, send us anything. Game requests, uh, fan art, um, we criticisms, have request, questions, right? anything. What? We have game. Do we have a game request? We, do we have a couple. We have we have one person wants us to talk about Battle Block Theater, which will probably be in a grab bag. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can get a whole episode out of that. Um, Battle Block tough. Theater. We got um, Lifeline and that Dragon Cancer is up on. Yeah, mm-hmm. is all requested. Okay. Um, no idea what's so coming be... next, but we'll it'll be a game. They'll be soon. Those will be those will be included soon. Two weeks. Um. If you want to talk to us, do any of those things I just said, but on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash crit crew. Max handles our Twitter. I say handle with the heaviest quotes possible. <laughs> I don't um, do a lot with the Twitter. <laughs> Max, I hate Twitter. So I, but there was the only job left, so Max got stuck with it. But that is at yeah, crit crew podcast. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Now, if you'll give us a moment, we're going to go jump into a, a, a washing machine together and get ground up into a big, into a big meat soup. <laughs> See, David, now we get to all die oh, together. God, this is the way I wanted it. <laughs> right. Oh shit, does anyone have an intro? That's your fucking job, Caleb. <laughs> we got this uh, far. Hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm doing a I'm doing a visual This is my intro. Bomb! What if we did like Praise Gwyn the Firstborn? <laughs> what if we did like inside the actor's studio? That was horrible. <laughs> we could. What we if could we did like that. inside the mind of Mencia? <laughs>